Friends, we have our reading for Epiphany as we remember the wise men, the wise people who traveled afar to go and to give gifts to Jesus. We are going to read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Okay, I know we're an itty-bitty group, but you so know that's not going to be enough. So let's try that again. If you are ready, we'll wake up in this new year. I know we're all a little sleepy after staying up too late the other night. So if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. <laughs> there we are. Starting with verse 1. In the time of the king Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. And when King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. 
And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for, you, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." And then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Word. 
to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. let us pray. Holy and loving God, as we come to you to remember this event with the wise people, this miraculous event, we turn to you, Lord, and we just ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your power as we worship you today. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So if an Epiphany is actually on Thursday. Today is not Epiphany, but you know when Epiphany falls on Thursday, we kind of have to choose when to celebrate it. So we're going to celebrate it today. So today is our Epiphany. Today is the day when we celebrate the wise men or wise people, as one of our wise men nicely said in the skit there. So today we are going to talk about the Magi and remember these wise people. Now we all always assume that there were three magi. I mean, look, we have three right here. And when we talk about the wise men, how many do we say that they are? We, we say that there's three of them. And, and we do that not because Matthew tells us that there's three of them. Do you realize if you take a look at your text that Matthew doesn't tell us how many wise people there were? Matthew just says that there are wise people. But why do we assume that there were three of them? Because they brought three gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so we often imagine that there were three wise people as we picture this event. And then we make another assumption as well. We also assume that these three wise people were also what? kings. We, right? You guys awake with me? I know we're all a little bit sleepy today, but we also make the assumption that they are three kings. Now, here's a, a really interesting fact. So the only gospel that tells us about the wise people visiting Jesus is the gospel of Matthew. So what we just read, that's it. That's what we know from our gospel about the wise people. But we learn that they're kings from a different text, from a different writing that isn't biblical, but it came out of Egypt. There's a different text. I forgot what it's called, but you can Google it, I promise. Yeah, there's another text that came out of Egypt, and that talks about three kings who went to Israel to visit the newborn king of Israel. And so from that, we assume that they are kings, assuming that that Egyptian text is correct. And with that Egyptian text, we also learn who these three kings 
things could have been. We learn that they were Balthazar, king of Arabia, Malchior, king of Persia, and Gaspar, king of India. They were the three kings from this Egyptian text who traveled afar to visit the newborn king of Israel. So these magi, or kings, heard from a faraway land that a new king had been born in Israel, and they went to bring him gifts as a sign of peace among their kingdoms. And now we often assume, too, that this happened while Jesus was still in the manger. I mean, we've got our manger scene here, and while Jesus is still in the manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths, that that is when the three kings come to visit him as well. But that's another assumption that we make that we're not really sure of, because when the three kings go to Jerusalem and talk to the evil King Herod, who's just as evil, if you keep reading, you're going to find out that King Herod had all of the boys under the age of two that could be found at least killed because he was so threatened by the fact that there was a newborn king in Israel. But when the wise people go to Herod and talk to Herod, then Herod tells them, oh yeah, come back to me, report back to me. But of course the wise people are smart enough not to do that. But then Herod has all of the young boys ages two and under killed. I really hope that all of those parents hid, hid those baby boys somehow because that just breaks my heart. But that means that Jesus may have not actually been an infant. He even could have been a young toddler by the time that the men Magi appeared. But regardless of all of these interesting facts, which I find these facts interesting, I don't know about you, but I like learning these different facts. But regardless of these interesting details about the Magi, we know what we know is that wise people, it may have been three, it may have been more, wise people from a faraway land heard news of Jesus' birth and they traveled a long distance to give him gifts that were meant for royalty. And that is a big deal. And that's why we celebrate this and we call this day Epiphany. Epiphany means appearance. There's also another word for this day that we that we call it. We also call it theophany. I love that word. Theophany means encounter with God because these wise men encountered God by visiting young Jesus. So those are the details about the day that we are remembering. Those are the details about epiphany but now maybe you're like me and you want to wonder well what does this mean to us today it's good to know the details it's cool to learn these interesting facts but what does it mean for us 2,000 years later so I started to think about it and here is what I think this means to us I think that God intervenes in the world in so many ways with Jesus God intervened in a really big way but God intervenes in this world in so many different ways so many small ways, so many ways all throughout the day. You know when you get that, that rush of the Holy Spirit that you feel when you, when you feel the Holy Spirit at work in you? You know, give me a little nod of the head if you've ever felt the Holy Spirit at work in you. That's God intervening in the world. God intervenes in the world in so many different ways. And the way that I see it, there are two ways that we can interact or that we can react when we find out that God has intervened in this world. There are two different types of ways that we can react. Number one, we can be like the wise people. We can be like the magi who do our best to honor what God is doing in this world. When we realize that God is intervening, even in a small way, 
We can be like the wise people, and we can honor what God is doing. That's the number one way that we can react. The number two way that we can react is we can be like Herod. We can be nasty, and we can be mean, and we can be mad that maybe God wants to intervene in this world through Maria and not through me, and then maybe I can get a little jealous that God isn't using me, and so then maybe I want to, you know, be mean to Maria because God's working through her and not through me. That's how we can react like Herod. And believe it or not, more people subconsciously, I think, act like Herod when God is intervening in this world than we're aware of. Have you ever thought about that? That maybe, you know, that people realize that God's doing something really exciting in somebody else's life. Like, clearly, God's, like, at work in Rick's life, and God's doing something in Rick's life. But, but then we get this little, like, petty young part of us that gets jealous. You know what I'm talking about? It's usually subconscious. In family systems theory, when this kind of thing happens, they say that a lot of times the people subconsciously sabotage the other person. So if Rick's got God working in him, and I get subconsciously jealous that God isn't doing that same thing through me, I get a little Herod-like in my mentality, and suddenly I decide, even if it's subconsciously, to sabotage Rick, to try to kind of, even if I'm not going to physically hurt him, to kind of kill his spirit a little bit, to distract him, to make him feel insignificant, to make him feel like maybe it's not God working through him. And so many people do that. Give me a little wave of the hand if you've ever noticed somebody sabotage someone else before in some kind of way. It happens. And the sad thing is, is that so happen, so often it happens subconsciously, so people don't even realize that they're doing it. People don't even realize that God just lit a fire in Joyce right there, and then I turn around, and I, it's like I try to, try to put that fire out, like I try to put that flame out because of jealousy that exists in me. Far too often, we react like Herod, but I don't think any of us want to react like Herod, do we? I don't think any of us, are, especially those who braved the, the roads today or are still worshiping with us online, I don't think that any of us actually want to react like Herod, yet sometimes that, that little uh, child inside of us gets jealous and angry and we react like Herod. We can admit it sometimes. But the other option, the other way that we can react when God intervenes in this world can be a little intervention. It can be a big intervention. The other way that we can react is like the wise people. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that reacting like the wise people is probably a better option. What do you guys think? Yeah, maybe. I know we're a small group, but we got, you got to remember we're, we're still awake here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so here's how we react like the wise people. Here's what we do. I see that the Holy Spirit's awaken Debbie. I've noticed that a lot this year, by the way. I see that the Holy Spirit's awaken Debbie and, and that God's lit, lit a little flame in Debbie, that God is intervening in this world by lighting a little Holy Spirit flame inside Debbie. And instead of being jealous that God isn't working through me and that God's working through Debbie, I try to encourage Debbie. I say, Debbie, I, I see the Holy Spirit working inside of you. I see that God's doing something. So instead of getting jealous and petty, I encourage 
encourage her. That's how we honor what God is doing in this world. And we can do it in so many different ways. When, when we see it can be small, it can be large, but we can look around and maybe we can say like, like, hey, I notice a change in you. Hey, I notice a little flame inside of you. Like, hey, I see a little something. And we encourage that person. And we say, maybe God is using you. Maybe God is doing something inside of you. Maybe God is putting the flame of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if we want to make the wise choice, if we want to react like a wise person, then we see the way that God is intervening in another person's life. We see that. We help bring it to their attention. We honor what God is doing in them, and we elevate what God is doing in them so that then they have the courage and the strength to do whatever God wants them to do with this flame that is in them from the Holy Spirit. Because the Magi didn't get jealous. The Magi didn't think, well, well, why is God putting a king in, in Israel and not somebody special right here for us? You know, they, they didn't get jealous. They honored the king. They honored Jesus. They honored him by bringing him expensive gifts and by traveling oh so far. And we can honor what God is doing in other people. So as we celebrate Epiphany... And as we try to do better in this new year, let's hope and pray that this year is better than the last. And as we celebrate Epiphany, what I want us to think about is how can we be like the Magi? How can we react like the Magi and not like Herod? How can we see God at work in somebody else and build that person up and and give them the confidence that they need so that they can do what God is calling them to do? How can we see, you know, maybe somebody's making a positive change in their life. Maybe they're trying really hard to be a better version of themselves in this new year. How do we lift that person up instead of being like, oh, you're never going to do that. Just give up that resolution. You're never going to do it. Just throw it out to begin with. That's a Herod kind of reaction, by the way. How can we be like the wise people and encourage those who have the Holy Spirit alive within them? How can we be more like the wise people in every interaction that we have with everybody in every interaction that we have with somebody else and not like Herod. That is what I think we can learn as we think about epiphany. Epiphany, an appearance from God. Theophany, an encounter with God. We get to have little epiphanies and little theophanies every single day. If we're really aware of it, you know, I love when you get those Holy Spirit goosebumps. You know what I'm talking about, right? We get to have those experiences and so do other people. How do we celebrate God working not just in us, but in other people? That's what I think we should think about this epiphany, this Sunday. How can we celebrate what God is doing in each other? How can we elevate one another? How can we lift each other up and not tear each other down like Herod? That is my thought for you as we remember epiphany. And now, friends, let's join in in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you now. Lord, I love that you inspire all of us in different ways. I love how you light a flame in one person and in another and in another. And I just ask and pray that you will take everybody who's here and that you will light a flame in all of them, that you will fill each person with the power of your Holy Spirit. 
Fill them with the Holy Spirit and then help all of us, Lord, to recognize the spirit that's alive in one another. Help us all to encourage one another. Help us all to support one another so that we can all follow your purpose for our lives. Help us, Lord, to be more like the wise people and less like petty Herod. We pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and together we say, Amen. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Come, you who are weary and restless. Come, all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being in all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord. And we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, 
God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Come for all things are now ready. There's a table in your presence where the weary are restored. The body of Christ. Where the bread is broken for us and the cup of life is poured. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. Offering for our sin, sacrifice and resurrection. All who die with you shall live. The body of Christ broken for you.
Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another, and let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. we have heard on high sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains Go forth with the blessing of the wise people. Go forth, be wise, and be blessed.